0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Soul Garden Health Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hartz. Today, I am super excited to have a dear friend and health mentor, Betsy Hicks, joining us. I had the pleasure of working with Betsy and her late husband, Dr. John Hicks, at the Green Health Wellness Pediatric Medical Practice and Supplement Store in California. In addition to running the successful practice as well as a supplement company, Betsy is also the mother of three wonderful children— A nutrition educator, an author, and an advocate within the autism community. Her most recent adventure is a new healthy nutrition bar that is as healthy as it is delicious, or so I hear. So Betsy, welcome to the podcast. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you got to where you are today?
1: Thank you, Ashley. I'm super excited to be here and very happy to talk to you because I believe so much in your mission and your goals and all the things that you want to teach people. And I have a lot to say. I'm, I'm every every year that I'm getting older and older. I'm learning more things that I want to say, and I I feel like this is this is good. This is a great platform to be able to to talk about. I have. A lot of years experience in holistic health. I did not ever think that this was going to be my calling. This is something that started when um, my son was two years old and was diagnosed with autism and nobody had answers for him until I started realizing that diet was part of the answer. The next step of my life was that I married a phenomenal Doctor, who you know well because you yes. work for him as well. Yep. Dr. John Hicks is a pediatrician, MD, and I ran his clinic for 16 years. And so we, we worked side by side for 16 years. And of course, through that process and working by his side for all those years, I, I learned a lot. I, le- I learned a tremendous amount about supplements and nutrition and all the other great things in the interim of that, I also wrote a book called Picky Eating Solutions, which is out of print now because I feel like unless I go back and really change a few things, it's not something I want my name on anymore as much, um, simply because it's not that it's not great information. It's just simply that um, uh, I've just learned. I learned so much after writing it. Uh, After I wrote it, I started speaking all over the world. I went to Dubai. I went to Bahrain. I I was in Barbados several times. I uh, I spoke all over the country um, on the, the um, topic of picky eating, and then that opened up more. I did my own little podcast back when podcasts were not much of a thing, <laughs> and, and then uh, when my husband, um, John Hicks, MD, passed away, uh, that would be four, a little over four years ago, I decided what I really have wanted to do all these years is working with food, and that's where my quest is now. Wonderful. Wonderful. So let's go back to the beginning and just
0: kind of uh, dive in a little bit as to your knowledge on nutrition and why it's so important. I know you have three kids and they've really inspired you to take nutrition seriously and not just helping Joey with his autism, but also the way that trickles down and helps all kids. What are some main ideas about nutrition you feel that parents should really try to get a grasp of so that they can help their own kids, whether, whatever they're working
1: with? So the the first thing to know when you're when you're approaching picky eating, there's many things that I want to share. But the, the first thing to know when you're approaching picky eating is that you don't have to have been born into a great eating family to understand this. You don't have to have this great background or this this you know this this great position to be in to kind of take a few steps. A little step goes a long way. And and that that's where I really want to start with this because no matter where you are, it's okay, and you can make a change and start it today. And yes, I mean I I at th- my my when my twins were three years old, they are now just about turning twenty seven. When they were three years old, um, I was giving them Velveeta and 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 just not, not good food. Like just a series of not good food. Like, and I thought I was a good mom by giving them uh rice crispy treats. And I thought I was doing all the right things by, by doing, you know, buying my, uh, ice cream through, the, you know, not even, it wasn't even organic, but from like a, a higher end store, like everything felt right at the time. But then my kids had all these issues. Now, aside from Joey's severe autism, Mia had eczema like crazy. So the, the, that was my catapult for learning. And and the trajectory that that put me on was just, you, you can't step into diet and learn something and be slapped in the face with it like, wow, I didn't know this, and then start suspecting Well, maybe there's more I don't know. Like if if I don't know that, what else could I possibly not know? So you learn a little more and you learn a little more And, and you learn to differentiate because aside from all the things that you learn along the path, there's also a factor of living, a factor of enjoying going to eat out, a factor of the ice cream truck comes by and you don't want to be your one kid to be that can't do something. Like those things all play into the picky eating uh, quest of making sure that our kids are eating a diverse diet, but there's a practicality with it that has to be there. Sure. And I love that you just um, tapped into diversity,
0: which I feel is something for me that practices holistic nutrition is, is missing in a lot of diets, whether it's adults or children. Diversity of eating a lot of variety of foods, variety of plants, vegetables. I know I was speaking with my, my niece, she's eight, and I'm like, you, do you eat vegetables? She's like, yeah. I'm like, what? She's like, red peppers, period. You know? like every kid has like, okay, this is the one vegetable I'll eat so that mom and dad will get off my back. But why is it important to have a variety of foods and vegetables and what are they gonna do during that
1: period of growth for children that are so necessary? So every food has its own subset of vitamins and minerals and nutrients and fatty acids and all these great things, cofactors, all these things that we need for our brains and our immune system. Every food has this diverse mix up. And, and, and if we just eat the same food, I mean, I know people who just eat chicken or, you know, just eat hamburgers, you, you're, you're missing out on the all, a vast array of of amino acids that you get from other proteins and if you're not eating any fish you' you're you're, mi- you're missing out on a lot of really important um, omega-3s that your brain cannot get from flaxseed alone I promise you you just can't uh, and, and, and and it's not to, to go against uh, vegetarianism because I, I don't I definitely love my vegan and my vegetarian community that I'm part of but but it, it is a struggle for those who are not eating those because it, the, there's a lot of proneness towards anxiety and depression that way because without it, we need a lot of really, really good fats. So, so it, it's not just a diversity of vegetables. It is not just a diversity of proteins. It is a diversity of fats and it's of all the different components. We need variety in our diet. That being said, we don't need variety in our diet on a, on a non seasonal basis, it means something to the body to eat strawberries in the spring. It means something to the body to eat peaches in the summer. And it means something to the body to eat squash in the winter, you know, like acorn squash and things like that. That means something because our bodies are truly meant to have d- diversity, but also different times different things i mean there's a reason that we kind of crave the stews in the winter time and we we love the barbecue in the summertime lighter foods easier less less heaviness to them so so we have to eat with seasons we have to eat with with what our bodies are craving at the time but 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 also to to be you know conscious of the picky eating thing is so interesting because Picky eating often starts with the parents and 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 often when I used to give lectures, I would say how many how many different dinners do you make like if you were you were to say your repertoire of how many dinners you make everybody has those you know spaghetti and meatballs I and mean, you know wh- whatever it might be, and they know those things that they make and they don't want to go out of it and here's my big this is my big soapbox with this is that People don't need more recipes. They need techniques. Mm -hmm. They need how to learn to go to the grocery store and buy certain ingredients that are going to be staples for whatever they're feeling that day. To have to go to the grocery store daily because you found a recipe and then you need to go get all the things in that recipe is absolutely exhausting and completely unnecessary when almost every recipe out there is adaptable. Mm i sorry, yeah. I just, no, I love it, no, I love it, you're so
0: full of information, and I love that you tapped on that idea of techniques, and learning how to feed yourself, a lot of people aren't cooking as much as they used to, or they're really short on time, they're going to prepared foods, and processed foods, what are some of the staples that you have in your kitchen, that maybe other people can think of, so that you can be more efficient with your cooking, but also know that you're, you're getting that nutritional need, and diversity, yeah.
1: Okay, so I am, just so you know, I have a diversity of of, of diets in my household. So I I am very low-carb. I try not to exceed 45 net carbs a day, um, and uh, that works for me. It's the only way for me that really I feel my body feels the best. Mm -hmm. I don't do well with any sugars at all, Mm -hmm. um, including fruit sugars in most cases. My son, Joe, is... Uh, Gluten free, dairy free, corn free, egg free, um, but needs a lot of carbs. So, so that the, I say that in advance because it does change. Like, you mm-hmm. know, what are my staples? But, but there's some staples that I can never be without: um, tomato puree, uh, pureed tomatoes. Uh, pureed tomatoes, because I am a very fast sauce maker. Like let's, let's quickly just throw up a sauce together. Um, I have Italian heritage, so I tend to do things like that very, very quickly. Plus it's good for other things. Coconut milk. Oh my gosh. I think I would panic if I didn't have coconut milk at my house from everything from chia puddings to curries that I make with coconut milk. Um, that's just one of those to smoothies because I do a lot of smoothies. I make a lot of kind of like keto, paleo-friendly hot chocolates and things like that too to help kind of fill my stuff myself. Um, Garlic, of course. Um, Olive oil, vats. I go through vats of olive oil. Like honestly, what a family people can't even believe how few people I cook for based on the olive oil that I consume. Um, and, and coconut oil, but I, I, I am Italian. I, I can't deny the fact that I use way more olive oil than coconut oil eggs. I eat large amounts of eggs cause they're fast. They're quick. They're easy. They're inexpensive and they're great for you. So I eat a ton of eggs. Um, I, uh, um, Uh, great spices and herbs whenever possible and that's herbs are with the season and spices are of diversity because when you have really good spices you can take any meat or vegetable and move it into a nationality that you want to move it into just based on the spices so if you have a piece of chicken you can ask yourself do I want to go Greek do I want to go Italian? Do I want to go um, Korean? And then you go off on that based on the, the, the spices and things like the soy sauce and the, and, you know, condiments that you have to go go with it. And so that's why all of those things need to be staples in the house because you can go on a whim. That makes it easier. Great. Right. And it also allows
0: you, when you have spices, you can take the same base ingredients and change it up and give yourself variety and excitement in your food where you don't get bored as well. You can use oh, so the, take the same vegetables and protein and go with different spices and it feels like a completely new meal without reinventing the whole wheel. Yes, yeah. most definitely. Yes. Great. And how did, going back to, you mentioned you worked you know, with Joey and his diet needs it, but also your other daughter had eczema. And that's something uh, I actually, in my family, we're dealing with, with our, my youngest nephew, and I know a couple other families popping up that they're having different issues. How does food impact things like the skin and other parts of the body? There's so little connection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, I I, I can't stress that enough. I mean, you know, remember, I worked side by side. John, a pediatrician for 16 years and how many eczema cases did we come in yeah. came in our door and every single one of them when you got down to the bottom of it was was food related every single one yeah. and there's not a single person that has been really cured of of eczema like mm-hmm. really really cured to where they don't have flare-ups and things like that it unless they had to take certain foods out of their diet yep and what are some of those
0: foods that are most commonly ad- allergenic or cause eggs, issues, especially
1: with kids. Eggs, gluten, dairy, AIDS gluten, dairy are, are probably, the, the biggest players but certain nuts as well too and i mean it could be tomatoes it could be mm-hmm. so many different things that you really have to kind of look for you know d- uh, the, the the old school of thumb and this is boy this is really taking me back when i first started reading about eczema and and, and uh you know it was 10 day rotation diets that's what it was all mm-hmm. about you take out all these foods for 10 days and then you int- slowly introduce them back in mm-hmm. yep. yeah yeah Great,
0: and for parents that might feel overwhelmed by either picky eating or having to think about pulling foods out of a diet or changing a child's diet from what they're used to, what are some tips you have for those parents on how to adapt to those changes? Be
1: open to the fact that it's going to help you as well. If you're just focusing on this because your child is doing this or that or not doing this or that, it may have more to do with your own issues or, to, or relationship with food or your guilt factors as well, too, especially I, I was divorced from my first husband very early on. So guilt factors are very big in divorced families. It's like, you know, they're with me now and I want to make them happy. So let's do that. You know, So, so those things always play into it. But when it comes to picky eating, my huge, my biggest advisors are number one, it's more to do with texture than taste. It has way, way more to do with that. And it has a tremendous amount to do with the gut flora. So if you have a child that's been raised on drinking juice, Maybe uh, you were very sugar addicted when you were pregnant with the child, like I was with my kids. Um, And so I had terrible candida. I passed that on to my kids. They had candida, they only crave sugar. I thought it was really cute when they would eat McDonald's french fries when they were two years old, or really cute when they would take a sip of my soda and make a funny face. Like it was, those were things that I, I, I just wasn't even realizing the impact of what I was doing. But when you set up the flora that way, then what is craved is the foods that are going to feed the bad gut bugs and the candida. As opposed to you start a baby off very young on eating fermented foods, and you start a baby off very young not even knowing what sugar is, there's a huge difference in, in what, where, what, who's going to be the better eater because of, of that. But the texture part is really important because the kids are afraid of foods mostly because of texture. And, and, if, and if you can learn to desensitize the mouth, you can go a long way with that. That's great to know. So what would be some examples of changing the texture of food that you find
0: are helpful for kids to try something out? So say they don't like carrots right. when they're cold and crunchy. What are some other
1: ways to prepare them? Oh my gosh, I've been doing kale chips since before kale chips were popular. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you that, <laughs> that that was something that started early in my life. But uh, but crisping things up. And, and by the way, this is not always the kids. This is my fiance as well, too, <laughs> who who only eats vegetables if I really make them crispy and roasted and have a little bit caramelization on them. I mean that these are, these are tips for everybody and, and definitely that, um, uh, you know, that turning something into something crispy is good. I used to, and I still do when you do things like meatballs and, and, and things where you're mushy meatloaf and things like that together, or even fish cakes or things such as that you, you can, throw a bunch of herbs in there. Now, here's the big, this is the big take home message. If anybody wants to hear anything today, this is the important thing. Herbs are everything. Herbs have more packed nutrition in them than any vegetable out there. You can get more calcium through parsley than you can from eating most of vegetables or definitely over milk. So, Parsley and cilantro should be absolute staples in your household and chopped up and thrown into every little thing you do from potatoes to soups, to everything, parsley and cilantro. And then what I do, which is another step over, is I make chimichurris where I blend parsley and cilantro and a little bit of avocado and lots of lime juice and you if you can put a little even maple syrup in there and lots and lots of olive oil and make a sauce that you could throw over everything and then that is like instant easiness Mm -hmm. if you've got a jar of chimichurri and your kids like it and you just say you just need to have a dollop, dollop of that it would be better for them to have a spoonful of that than a whole plate of something that's not very nutrient dense yep And that's a wonderful idea because I think of how many kids are addicted to ranch dressing. And part of it
0: is that flavor. And if you can replace that with something healthy and give them that dip and that sauce to, to flavor everything, it's a great way to make an easy swap out.
1: You know, I'm, I realize that I'm very enthusiastic about how I talk. And it's really funny because I talk with my hands, and you and I are actually viewing each other right now. And you, you get it. You get my enthusiasm because my yeah. hands are flailing. <laughs> but the people listening are thinking, wow, she's got a lot of energy for yes. the morning. So, no. <laughs> it's, it's, but I love
0: it, and I, and I feel like it's in the community. And when you work with people and you talk with people that are involved with food and health and nutrition, and you have that aha moment of just how important it is, you can't help but get fired up about it and excited True. about it. And it's just contagious of understanding. And part of it is when you start feeding yourself those foods that are healthy, your whole energy changes, your health changes, your body changes, your mind changes. It's all so important.
1: I, I gotta oh, you real yeah. quickly. I, I just uh, had to. Dis- I, I moved to Washington state of Washington, and I had to develop a, a primary care doctor. And um, they they wouldn't make an appointment with me unless I had something that was wrong with me. <laughs> I'm like, I just want a primary care doctor, and they're like, yeah. yes, but there has to be something. Like, are you taking a medication? I'm like, no, there's nothing wrong with me. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I actually had a similar experience. I went to a couple doctors in New York to do like my you know skincare. Um, like skin cancer screening. And then for just the primary care, I hadn't been to the doctor forever because I would use to see Dr. Hicks or go see an yeah. acupuncturist. So I finally just went to the doctor and multiple times they made me like, well, who's your pharmacy? I'm like, I don't have a pharmacy, <laughs> but, but, but I have to fill out the box and tell me what pharmacy no. you use. I'm we're like, not, I have- not
1: not the norm, we're not the norm. I mean, but that's okay, that's what we gotta change. Gotcha. We, we need yep.
0: to change this. Okay. Yeah, food can do so much. So with that kind of transition, as we move into our health and how food impacts our health and conditions and different things going on, when did you really start to become more involved in the autism community and an advocate for autism and
1: using health and nutrition as a way to work with that community? Well, my son's diagnosis, okay, so he's about to turn 27, so you can get an idea. That's 25 years ago that I started to get involved with it, and and I was one of the earlier fortunate people to learn about diet early on and became one of the pioneers of lecturing in um, gluten and dairy-free diets for autism. But it, then I learned about so much more about mm-hmm. gun flora and all the different things of it. And that's just been my passion. And then the majority of clients that we had in our clinic with John were, had, uh, were individuals living with autism, mostly children. So it just became something that I've been passionate about for a, for a long time.
0: And most recently, you even started a nonprofit, the Autism Odyssey. Can you tell us a little (laughs) bit more about that and how that came about? I'm
1: such a fan. One of those things that it's like, well, I guess that's it's the time I'm 54 years old and I guess it's the time of my life where I, I need to start really giving back and not that I haven't been giving back before, but it's like, I have all this knowledge, all this ability, all the, you know, and I want to do something with it. And the interesting thing about autism odyssey is it was not started for Joe. It was not my vision for Joe, although the best, cause I have that be kind autism vest, mm-hmm. that was started for Joey. But the real mission of autism odyssey is to create experiences for adults living with autism and to be able to provide a work opportunity for them Mm -hmm. and that started because of my girlfriend who I've been friends with for a decade over well over a decade and she has a daughter living with autism who's 19 years old and couldn't and has a hard time finding work because Mm -hmm. she has such anxiety and she can't face work situations and I at the same time was creating this bar this nutrition bar and i and, and it just it, that just when it all came to be it's like we need to have adults with autism mm-hmm. making these bars but we're going to need to do this as a nonprofit because we needed to have certain parameters that would only come with having a nonprofit mm-hmm. so that's yeah. that's the route we went in
0: yep and it's very interesting i think right now so many people when they think of autism they immediately think of children
1: but those children have to grow up they have to, and they have grown up. And my 27-year-old my near, near son is 24-7 is care, and uh, I still have that. But I have um, a lot of other abilities now that I really want to share with the world, and the most of that is with my food. And, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, um, the Joey Bar started as me with this basic recipe that I had found online that I liked, and people loved it. But as I became a low carb person and I started learning about carbs and and the effect on the body and, and, and basic sugars in general, even good sugars like maple syrup and things like that. I started like, I need to take this bar to the next level. I need to make it more keto friendly, paleo friendly, and not just that, but grain free because we have to start learning that we can eat things without grains and still be happy. And the recipe Oh my gosh, Ashley, if, if I had known what, I, okay, let's just start with I've owned businesses for decades and I went into this thinking this is going to not be easy. There's going to be so much to figure out. And I will tell you that it is 10 times harder than even that, that I thought it was, there's so much that needs to be done when you release anything to do with food. And all the different licenses and approvals and all the things and, and tough decisions because things are perishable and so when you've got some really tough decisions to make and when it came down to it I wasn't gonna compromise on one single ingredient. Vanilla, for example, okay, I wanted pure vanilla and people said there's no cost-effective way to use pure vanilla and I said, well, why not? And and, And they said, well, a lot of other people are using them. Then you know what I found out? I found out that almost all, most companies pure vanilla claims are completely false because they don't grow enough vanilla in the world to meet the claims on labels that it's really pure vanilla. Yep. But it, what it, this was my integrity. And this is the difference between buying from somebody who's a small business versus buying from a giant company. A giant company does not have that integrity the way that somebody who's putting their name on something has. Yep. So every piece of this, every ingredient of this bar is the best that I could find. It's almost 100% pure organic, and it is phenomenally different and unlike any bar out there on the market. There's truly nothing like this on the market.
0: Yep. And the idea of a nutrition or sports bar or energy bar is something that kind of exploded after the Cliff Bar and then Lara yep. Bar and things like that, we are popular. And now the Joey Bar, which I'm super excited about, Without giving away any secrets, Mm -hmm. can you tell us a few of the ingredients that were very important to you and why they're important to Joey and people in the autism community and with other health needs that you
1: feel this is the best way for them to enjoy some of these foods? Well, there's a few things. Number one, you're talking about the Cliff Bar, Lara Bars, and all those other things. The things that I dislike the most about bars and why I never ate them is because every bite tasted the same every bite was just this conglomeration of dates and nuts and I just it was the most boring thing in the world to me and I just wanted something different and and then or or protein powders that were super dry and flaky and I just I can't help but wonder when I would eat these things like who's testing this who's saying yeah that's good let's put it up there on the market and I'm like but, but what I realize is the reason they are that way is because you cannot mass produce something that is fresh and good and layered and flavorful and different. You just can't do it. I had several bar companies say to me that you are not gonna make money doing this because, and that's part of why we turned it a little bit into a, a nonprofit is because we knew going in that this is not something we, we, we wanna help, but, but this is something that's extremely labor, labor intensive. The reason being is that there's, there's four layers to these bars. The bottom is a grain-free crust, which is full of some incredible kinds of nuts—not just a bunch of almonds, which are inexpensive—a diversity of a, a, a nuts and seeds that are in the crust. Mm-hmm. It's then topped by a low-glycemic caramel, and by that I mean it is not just a bunch of dates. Yes, there are some dates in it, and there's just a teeny little bit of maple syrup, but the rest of it helps add the bulk which, um, which is more of a, uh, that's more of a secret of, of what I'm doing there. <laughs> and, 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 the, and the rest of it helps add a bulk in a super nutritious way. Now, the one thing I haven't even mentioned yet is the importance of the cordyceps and lion's mane. Cordyceps was something that John prescribed all the time because it's so incredible for metabolism and gives you so much great energy and helps all these other great things that I can't make claims of on my website, but talking to you, I certainly can say whatever I need to say. Um, but But lion's mane is something that helped me after I was in a bike accident and had a concussion. The lion's mane helped regenerate brain cells. So I really wanted something that helped regenerate brain cells when working with individuals living with autism. Um, And then it's topped by something that from a marketing standpoint, any manufacturer would say is ridiculous. And it is, but it's macadamia nuts. Macadamia nuts are crazy expensive. And everyone's just like, you can't possibly make money on a macadamia nut bar there's just they're too high but I like macadamia nuts Joey likes macadamia nuts and a lot of people are they're like I'm done with pistachios and, and 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 almonds I need something different I want something different and they are so delicious because of the macadamia nuts yeah. they do have peanut butter which is a uh an allergen that I'm aware of but I also really like peanut butter and I and I really liked the fact that it has a little bit of that it has a little bit of chocolate in there and then it's topped by a coconut um, white coconut kind of not not this flavor of coconut but coconut butter so it's it's creamy and and really decadent yeah. um, and so that that's those are all but it's gluten-free dairy-free vegan uh, it's only 9 net carbs per bar which wow. was a huge achievement for me mm-hmm. that I worked very hard to get it to that it and and it's 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 beautiful it's just it's a beautiful it's a, it's it's more like a pastry item than it is like a bar yeah it's more of a, a treat you know, than just yes, something you your tr- bag. But it's also something that you could give your child for
0: breakfast and yes. feel good about. Yep. Wonderful. Yeah, and that's really important. And you you mentioned quite a bit that and I think it's becoming a little more common knowledge of, of sugars not being the best for your health, especially processed sugars and things like that. Um, and you mentioned how important it was for you to kind of keep that carbon sugar low. Yes. What are some of the effects that sugar has on the body that people might notice that it's telling them that they're not doing well with sugar that sugar is causing a problem so what they should switch to something more like the right. joy bar
1: so t- two two things like pop into mind is most important one is Every, you know, buzzword is inflammation, and, and of course that does mean something. But a lot of people don't understand when they hear inflammation. What does that mean? Because inflammation is the base of all like cancers and all different types of illnesses, that, and and it's why your joints don't work. I mean, I'm I'm 54 years old. I'm I'm taking five mile hikes every other day. I'm extremely active. I wake up feeling great. I don't hurt. Of course, yoga is a piece of that, <laughs> but it also has to do with the fact that my joints are not swollen from all the inflammation and that comes from the nuts and the, I mean, excuse me, the flowers and the sugars. The other part of that is um, candida and we don't realize how many people are living with bad um, pathogens in their gut and mostly yeast and then of course there's viruses and bacteria and, 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 and funguses and all these things that kind of live and the more sugar you give your body, the more that you allow these to flourish and then they start make they start craving and and they have develop a craving life of their own there are two reasons you crave something one you crave it because it is Nutriently needed by your body, which is, you know, when you need, when you really need to have something with coconut oils or, or some good healthy fat, that's a different, that's a different kind of a craving than craving sugar, which is happening because it's being controlled by your gut bugs. Mm -hmm. So those are the big reasons that I kept the sugar down. Great. Wonderful.
0: And who do you see as your target market for this product? Who do you hope you can reach through, um, getting the joy bar out there and where
1: is it going to be available? Well, it's, we're gonna, okay, so um, uh, my, my tar- I'll start with my target market. My target market is somebody who understands that if you take um, you know, lion's mane and cordyceps. Um, a, a capsule, a, a serving a day of lion's mane and cordyceps alone is going to cost you three to four dollars in capsules. I mean, it, it is it is not it is not cheap. And these have um, two bars have an entire serving of of cordyceps and lion's mane. So so you have to kind of go into it knowing that um, that means something to you. Uh, otherwise, the price point of it might seem a little high, but I am using incredibly, incredibly fabulous mushroom products that are going to really help activate in the body. Mm -hmm. So I definitely would say that I'm not on a, on a 7-Eleven market. That is not necessarily my market. Um, I'm definitely of somebody who has more appreciation to that. And I feel very powerfully that I'm for, that um, parent who is really looking for something decadent to give their children that but doesn't have to feel that guilt in giving it and can know and and then I'm also feel like a big part of my clientele is going to be the the keto and paleo market uh, and and the whole um the whole thirty market uh, once they've passed the point where they can have some sweetness into it um, because uh, I, I, that those are all going to be players into as well. We can get, you get the bar in two ways. If you're lucky enough to live in Bellingham, Washington, where I live, we're going to have it available here. We're going to bring it down to um, Seattle very soon as well too, but it's available on mail order at the Joey bar, simply thejoeybar.com, And, uh, it's available on mail order and we can have it shipped to you, um, through FedEx in two days. Yeah. Oh. That's so
0: exciting. So for those people who have had the luxury of being able to try the bar, what are some of the feedback you're getting from people who are getting a chance to test it
1: out? No, one of my favorite feedback was my next door neighbor who is not a health uh, conscious person. And I liked that the most. Because um, it's very easy for people who follow really great diets to take a look at like, oh, it's just so nice to have something that I can eat guilt free mm-hmm. and and enjoy you know something I could pick up to go but when when my neighbor said to me, and I don't even know him that well, to be honest with you, he said to me, "It felt so good to eat something and not feel guilty. It felt so good and it's so it was so delicious and it was so wonderful to have a treat like that and and that makes me feel happy that that we can get rid of some of the guilt but still enjoy something that's very decadent the other thing that i hear all the time people say is you know it's just it's just a great Um, I'm I'm hungry. I want to grab something fast because they honestly taste better if they're stored in your freezer and you grab it out of the freezer. They taste phenomenal, like frozen. Mm -hmm. And people like have said, they love the fact that when they get that hankering, they can make a smart decision and grab a jelly bar and and feel good about themselves because they know they didn't just blow their diet.
0: Yep. I love that. I love that. So as we're kind of running out of time here, I'm can't wait to try this.
1: When is the Joy Bar going to be available?
0: <laughs> approximately is okay.
1: Uh, yeah, approximately is good. Uh, we're waiting for boxes right now, so I'm I'm a couple I'm I'm like looking towards the end of June sometime.
0: Wonderful. Well, I can't wait to try it, Betsy. It's been so great to talk with you. I hope that we can check in maybe in a couple months as the Joy Bar is out there and talk a little bit more. And if people want to follow you, learn more about Autism Odyssey, learn more about the Joy Bar, what's the best way to stay in touch?
1: Social media is great through both um, Instagram and Facebook. Um, And we have two sites. We have the joeybar.com and we have autismodyssey.org. Odyssey is O-D-Y-S-S-E-Y. It's a tough one to spell. (laughs) Uh, And those are probably the best way, but you can also follow me on Instagram. I'm Betsy on the go on Instagram and um, also uh, Betsy Hicks on Facebook. Okay perfect. Well thank you so much for taking the time. Please give my best to
0: Joey and your fiance who's helping uh, taste these bars I'm sure.
1: He loves them. He, he's, right.
0: he's not tired of them thank God. <laughs> that's always that's always a good sign. So we will check in again um, down the road. Thank you so much for your time and thanks everyone for listening. This has been the Soul Garden Health podcast. Have a great day everyone. Thank you for listening to the Soul Garden Health Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hartz. Our theme music was composed by Henry Young. Please subscribe, leave a review, share this podcast with friends, and we hope you can join us next time.